Welcome to the X-Men Files, a podcast where Inessa and Brian talk about the X-Men comics. He's reading them again as an adult, she's reading them for the first time. So grab your back issues out of their Mylar bags, and let's talk about the greatest comic book series ever, the X-Men. Welcome back. <laughs> You're just giggling with it. I'm Brian. And I'm Inessa. You're already giggling. And already talking away from the microphone. I'm already giggling because you're already hilarious and I'm I've always... I've done nothing hilarious. ...talking in front of the microphone You're never doing that, actually. I'm always dedicated to the success and quality of this podcast. <laughs> no. For our audience. Uh, I'm sure they both appreciate that. Um, much like in real life, you're, you're indifferent as to whether or not I can hear you. <laughs> I care deeply about whether you can hear me. That, that concern doesn't translate into... Anyway, you wrote the recap this week. I did. So I'm I, I'm very much looking forward to this recap. You've been burning the midnight oil on this <laughs> thing. Uh, you you the midnight oil has been singed a little bit, if not if not a light. I want to make sure that I don't miss anything in the recap. Although I'm starting to feel concerned because my single issue recaps are starting to be about the same length as my double issue recaps. Meanwhile, I'm starting to feel like I've got yeah a lot maybe too much detail. Writing is hard. It is. <laughs> Writing, it is hard. I mean, yeah. something as simple as take this comic book and summarize it in, like, about a page. Yeah. That is harder than yeah. you think it is. Yeah. 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 It take, takes a little bit of effort. Exactly. But you, I'm sure, are going to show us all how it's done. Uh, okay. And with no further ado... No further ado. So the Uncanny X-Men issue 156 is called Pursuit. It was released in April of 1982. 1982. 1982. The last issue ended with Xavier being kidnapped by the brood, Peter being killed for now, and the <laughs> NYPD showing up and not to thank the X-Men for their help. They are, as Tigra says, loaded for bear and looking for trouble. Even back then. Yeah. <laughs> we, I, don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't really know what that expression means, but I'm definitely going to start using it. Do they mean bear, bear hunting? Do you think loaded for bear? Like shooting a bear? I don't... Is it spelled B-E-A-R? Yeah. Is it? I think so. I'm going to look it up. What, you, you, else, you, you carry on. I'll, um, be, I'll listen to the recap later. How else would it be spelled? Uh, B-A-R-E. No. Okay. Uh, um, let's see. I want to stress that I did write that mini summary before I got to the second panel on page three, where Tigra basically says exactly the same thing. Uh, also, when the cop showed up, and I'd I want to maybe come back to that, um, I assumed that Tigra was going to try to flirt her way out of it, given that she's wearing basically a bathing suit. Uh, mm. And I was impressed that they did not take it in that direction. Meanwhile, a UFO... Meanwhile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should count the meanwhiles. Yeah. Uh, a UFO possibly kills an air traffic controller as it shows up, grabs the X-Men, and disappears. New Yorkers take it in stride. The only only the possibility that the light was a death ray caused some people to panic, not the actual presence of a spaceship. <laughs> Tigra is sad to be left out. Turns out they've been rescued by the Starjammers. Everyone is happy to see everyone else until Cy Cyclops loudly clears his throat and demands medical attention for Colossus. They stabilize him by putting him in a very large shower cap, and then their, quote, medic looks him over. Air quotes on the medic? Yes. The medic was like some weird robot yeah, Sikorsky thing. I don't know. We'll hope, come back to him. I hope the medic is better at medicine than in English. Yeah. A lot to say about language and whatnot when yeah. it comes to the Star Jammers. Yeah. yeah. Um, back on the Shi'ar ship, Kitty is still trying on clothes. Samadar. 
arrives to take over the listening station, beams himself into the room, and tells them in the least sensitive way possible <laughs> about what happened to their friends. Yeah. Just as Kitty learns that Colossus got stabbed, Samadar says, at this point, we lost Wi-Fi for a bit, so we're not really <laughs> sure what happened next. <laughs> the kids we, say... We, we, we went through a tunnel. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Suddenly, plot twist, Samadar is talking to Deathbird, and we see that he's gone rogue. Then we see Xavier trying to emerge from a bad trip aboard Deathbird's ship. He finally wakes up, and Lalandra is there, looking a little bit like a member of KISS. I love... <laughs> I love the insinuation of the later on the last frame of page nine. Oh, heavens, yeah. I I, I didn't, I I missed that entirely. I guess I'd go for a quickie too in that situation. Yeah, Yeah. I guess, you know. uh, (laughs) Like, hey, um, this is hardly the time or place. Well, (laughs) I think it really is. I I agree with you, but I don't know that we're going to get another opportunity. Yeah. Uh, they spend some time talking about their love, then Deathbird shows up. Lilandra yells matricide in a creepy way, then Deathbird calls Xavier a cripple, which I'm pretty sure is not the preferred nomenclature. I guess Deathbird killed the mother uh, bird to continue with the Shi'ar metaphor and therefore cannot become empress. Yeah. Never going to be president now. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> Scott and his dad are chatting about what happened to his mom. She was assaulted and then murdered by the Shi'ar emperor. A weird sort of mind fuck for his dad. Mission accomplished. I kind of want to make a joke about the Princess Leia bikini, but it's actually quite gruesome and upsetting. Yeah. So Deathbird, Lalandra, and Xavier are on Deathbird's ship. Scott, Colossus, Wolverine, and Storm are on the Starjammer ship with Corsair's motley band of space pirates. They are in hot pursuit. Kitty and Nightcrawler are on the Shi'ar Dreadnought, or whatever they call it, with the evil Shi'ar Emperor. Yep. That's a sort of a mid summary summary. Mid summary summary. Yeah. You, you, you've placed everyone on their respective spacecraft yes. the star jammers which which by the way no mean feat <laughs> the star jammers and Deathbird ship get eaten by a space whale the brood is there inside the whale and want to attack but colossus has a miraculous recovery and attacks first storm and chad have the usual conversation about whether killing in the name of superheroics is okay or not Whoever is in charge of the ship makes zero gravity so that all those feisty humans can maybe become, quote, hosts for the Queen Mother. Yuck. <laughs> I, I, I like... <laughs> you, you, you went yuck with that, which is exactly... But you know, uh, maybe they could become hosts for the Queen Mother. You could have done, like, like, like a little winky, <laughs> gross, dirty nope. thing. <laughs> no. Hey, you want to become a host? <laughs> gross. Yeah, it's gross. Um, the Brood also tried to kill Xavier and Lalandra, which raises the question of why Deathbird didn't just kill them in the first place. Mm. Cyclops shows up and Xavier float fights one of the brood. He doesn't need his legs in zero gravity. Cyclops is angry about Xavier fighting with his bare hands, but he did it for love, so it's okay. Corsair. <laughs> Corsair, his pirates Colossus, Lalandra, Xavier, and Wolverine reunite while Storm fights Deathbird. Storm gets distracted by noticing that they are inside a space whale, and Deathbird shoots her out into space. Knowing that time is of the essence, the pirates take what is probably a long time to do some calculations and realize that they have 30 seconds to save her. Some cool art ensues, and to no one's surprise, they get there just in time. Yeah. Feeling pretty happy at this point until I learn that they need 24 hours to repair the ship, but only have six until the Shi'ar destroy the Earth. So I guess that was all for nothing, and now I'm depressed. You're depressed? (laughs) Yes, at the end of that, I was depressed. Because you think that the Earth is going to be destroyed? I mean... I mean, I mean, it wasn't. <laughs> just you know, the, 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 maybe that would, you know, how do you know? How do I know that the Earth wasn't destroyed? How did you know destroyed? reading it when you were eight that the Earth wasn't going to be destroyed? Um, my mind is a little bit blown right now because I think maybe the Earth did get destroyed. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that until now, but um, huh. <laughs> right. This came out 
in because real quick point of order um you said it was like april 82 Mm -hmm. um okay so this issue came out before return of the jedi did so the princess leia costume and yeah like i also like princess leia's bikini java costume while she's getting stabbed (laughs) doesn't really you know not even mixed emotions. Mm-hmm. It's just a bummer. But yeah, that outfit predates uh, Return of the Jedi. Unrelated to all of this, if you have not read Carrie Fisher's book called The uh, the Princess Diaries? The Princess Diarist. Diarist. Yeah. Uh, you should read it. I highly recommend it. I read it from the library and I liked it so much that I bought it. We have a copy of that? We do. Oh, holy smokes. I should be reading yeah, it. I, read I know it. you had read that. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, yeah, okay. Well, I, I should read it. Mm-hmm. I would love to. Mm-hmm. Um, the Star Jammers. Yes. And their use of language. Did I say something racist? Well, I mean, a little. Okay. Well, no, no, <laughs> no. But um, so I, I, I was sticking up for Sikorsky, who who is the medic. He's he's some sort of um, uh, cybernetic artificial intelligence uh, thing. Uh, named Sikorsky after the, uh, I'm pretty sure named. Um, for the helicopter manufacturer Sikorsky. Hmm. Uh, Claremont is really into aviation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we mentioned in a previous podcast. His mother yes. was a, was a pilot, yes. and I'd forgotten he wrote a series of books, uh, paperback kind of sci-fi books mm-hmm. about uh, some female sci-fi pilot. Yeah, okay, that I would love to to check out. Uh, so that's neat. So um, I'm I'm assuming that that's what uh, Sikorsky has to do with, and, and you know, it flies like kind of like a helicopter. It's like a dragonfly thing. Um, Chad, <laughs> uh, the Star Chamber section were created by Dave Cockrum. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's Sikorsky thing and, and Claremont's love of aviation have nothing whatsoever to do to with do each other. Yeah. Um, so Cockrum created the Star Jammers uh, and they first showed up in some uh, you know, like issue 100, mm-hmm. pre, pre-100, I think. Um, Chad, <laughs> I, I heard this on some other X-Men podcast. I can't remember which one. Probably Jay and Miles explained the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um, how to pronounce Chad? That... Lore, or you know, lore, legend has it that Cockrum had meant for the ch to be like like the Hebrew ch, huh. so that it would be pronounced chad. 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 Okay. Right now, is chad one of? I'm not going to do that. My people. <laughs> I just, no. Okay. No. I mean, well, you tell me. I mean, I mean I don't you, think you would know so. better. No, I don't, I don't think that he is. And and the fact that it, 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 it that's really a linguistic rather than a cultural note. Right. You know, or a pronunciation note rather than a cultural note. Hmm. Um, I don't even know that Cockrum's one of your people. I think he, he just he just likes the C the, the ch sound it's in that Hebrew. Sound, yeah. Yeah. So chad. Uh, but to me, he's chad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, you get that weird uh, kind of character on on his shoulder. Oh, I just noticed that actually looking at it just uh, what now. Page, on page there we go. Page 16. Yeah, page sixteen. Page sixteen. I've never uh, noticed that before. Yeah, the weird um, mouse. Yeah, there's some other rodent that I'm thinking of, um, Anteater. like a desert rat or something like that, who speaks in a way that cannot be translated. It's just weird, weird speech. Oh, okay. Now I understand. On page 16, yeah, there's like that yep. speech bubble oh, that I yeah, yeah that I did not really pay saying attention there. to. Um, I was really tired when I was writing this. And and also, I I can't remember what. They call her Lady Hepzibah, Mademoiselle Hepzibah, Madame Hepzibah, mm-hmm. the feline lady. 
she and Corsair are uh, uh, dating. Okay. Or they're they're whatever. Uh, they're, they're not affianced, but you know, people, beyond people dating, they're, yeah. they're in a relationship. They're in a relationship. It, 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 well, yeah, it sounds weird. What's it's pretty that? serious. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think. <laughs> Um, but I don't think that she has a lot of lines and, um, actually, I mean, I look, she's got a couple of lines and and her English is is actually a-okay. Yeah. Memzelle Hepzibah, uh, they're they're, uh, here. Um, I didn't notice any unusual language other than. But she, she does have a weird kind of, kind of a modified Yoda, uh, way of speaking. Uh, a little bit like Sikorsky in, in just. Taking taking the order of words and and verb t- and just kind of like mangling it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you understand the meaning. But it's 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 like you know, some flavors of English when I were a lad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and and what uh, I, I get to have a whole big detour about uh, about language and comics, but just for your benefit, yes, hopefully, presumptively, Probably. for your benefit, yeah. possibly, <laughs> or for at least to kill time. A <laughs> uh, little bit of background about about the uh, the Star Chambers. Interesting. Yeah, I only noticed that that, and I actually would have. I assumed that it was some sort of robotic thing, which is why the I made that comment about the uh, air quotes medic needing to. Well, and just that it, you know, that I hope that its English was that its medicine was better than its English. Um, no, that's racist. That's what I'm saying. Maybe it is, <laughs> but I wouldn't have said that if it was a, like if I thought it was an actual. Race, uh, species, species, rather than some sort of a, uh, you know, if they're going to take the trouble to program the AI, can't they just? I mean, why stop after medicine? Why not go all the way to properly grammatical English? Uh, yeah, because programming AI is pretty easy. I mean, whatever, program the thing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Other robot I mean, data spoke yeah. English. He couldn't form contractions. Data couldn't form contractions. Correct. Which. Um, honestly, it sounds a little bit like BS. Um, I, I don't know loads about natural language processing, uh, but but the way that AI works is it, it just kind of memorizes a lot of stuff and then reproduces. Hmm. Uh, so the idea that, or at least you know what we we have, I don't know what Doctor Noonien Sung did his creator had uh, av- available uh, to create data. Um, but but it doesn't function the way that I think a lot of people think of computer programming, which is how a lot of computer programming works. If this, then that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, so so the idea that that you could speak but not form contractions sounds kind of like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a weird weird yeah, thing. Right, it's a weird. It's like <laughs> we want it to sound just ever so slightly off. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Like um, I've got uh, the Coen Brothers movie, uh, the remake, um, True Grit. Mm-hmm. One of the things because. Speaking of, speaking of dialect and, and writing very distinctive voices, uh, you know, that it were so simple. Uh, Coen Brothers, so in True Grit... Um, Have I seen that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I uh, both saw that. Um, uh, Matt Damon and... Um, not Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Not Jeff Bridges. Damn it, what's the name of the dude? He's the Big Lebowski. He's uh, That's Jeff, not Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Why do, I, why do I not want to call him Jeff Bridges? I don't want to call him Jeff Bridges either, but that's his name. Yeah. What do you want to call him? I don't know. I'm, I'm always <laughs> confused by his name too. I am too. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Jeff Daniels was the guy in newsroom. Jeff Daniels. Was okay. The guy Anthony in Daniels was C three PO. That I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, I almost. <laughs> I Jeff almost Bridges never sounds right to me either. Yeah, and he's yeah. an MCU alum. He was in uh, Iron Man. Yeah. 
Yeah, the big Lebowski was in <laughs> the dude was the in dude Iron was in, Man. He didn't really look like himself in Iron Man, so I always forget that that was him. Yeah, and um, Obadiah Stane or Obadiah Taint, what's his name? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Jebediah, Jebediah Springfield. No, it was Obadiah something. Yeah, yeah it was Obadiah. Uh, Ob- Ob- you give a kid a name like that, like, you know he's got to be a bad guy. When he Obadiah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like, uh, oh, yeah. yeah that's it's like, like naming your kid Adolf. Dude. You're just yeah. asking for trouble. Yeah. Uh, my point was, <laughs> movie True Grit, Jeff Daniels, um, all of them do it, but like they never use contractions. Huh. So it's I can't one of the ways. One of the ways that it sounds uh, a little bit nineteenth-century American prairie kind what of. What happened kind of in that movie? What happened in that movie? There was um, I don't know. Um, uh, Jeff Daniels is. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. We're meant to be talking about the X. We're meant to be talking about the X Men. We're going to get complaints because I mean, you know, we get a lot. We get a lot of fan. We get a lot of fan mail. May I say, by the way, speaking of fan mail, the outpouring of grief and uh, support (laughs) about um, Mr. Pennyfeather has been—I mean, it really touched me. I mean. About to touch you. You're about to touch <laughs> yes. me. I'm about to touch <laughs> you with my foot in your knee. I can't actually kick you in I'm the about knee. About to break your foot off in my ass. <laughs> um, I, I find it so funny because, like, this is in terms of the volume and frequency of shtick that I do around the house. Mr. Pennyfeather. Like, it, it, I would think that it would barely chart. What are you looking Sorry, up? I'm looking up Jeff Daniels and Jeff Bridges. <laughs> They're different people. <laughs> Different people. Uh, look up Todd Bridges while you're at it. Um, Todd Bridges is still alive. Uh, where were we? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Pennyfeather. Yes. So, yeah, people were pretty upset about that. But look, um, we I did place an ad for a new assistant. <laughs> and um, I've got a few CVs for you to review. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's a leading candidate. Actually, there's a, there's a guy named Daniel Bridges. <laughs> That I think we want to take a look at. Why? 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 What? What about him? He has a lot of podcast assisting experience. Uh, also, just unprompted, he he talked about how much he loves tea. <laughs> he loves making hot drinks for people. So he could probably manage a cup of tea without dropping dead. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe you're, you're, you're sort of blaming, implicating Mr. Pennyfeather in his own death. <sighs> All right. I think we need to <laughs> stop looking at the past. Yeah. And move forward. Okay, uh, you're correct. So let's return to 1982 <laughs> in this really old comic book. I didn't see any 1982y stuff in there, actually. Nothing that I. 82e? Yeah, that I particularly. Um, We're having difficulty with the spot the 80s, actually. Noticed, yeah. And um, it's a shame because I, I. Well, actually, it's not a the shame. The NYPD, cause... I guess. The NYPD showing up like a bunch kinda. of hard asses, I guess, was sort of a. Yes, cops are much more mellow now. No, there was something. There was in 2020, and I'm sure the general public would agree. <laughs> Cops are showing a great deal of restraint. No, I'm not saying that because that's obviously... briefly. I don't want to trivialize this 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 moment in American history, but um, uh, no. What I was about to say, much much less uh, substantively, um, trying to like find the spot and put the spot the 80s stinger in is, is kind of a pain in the ass. Okay, well. So I kind of don't mind. The 80s remaining unspotted. <laughs> it's a little bit like the uh, Back to the Present of the Future, Back to the Days of Future Present. Yeah. 
I can't even remember what that ridiculous premise was. Yeah, that might be a runner that we're going to retire mm. along with Mr. Pennyfeather. The only the only structural element that of this podcast that has stuck has been the recap. That's the only thing that <laughs> we've tried that has worked. That is the recap. At least my recaps keep getting longer. I don't know. Okay. Yours. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. That's a good thing or a bad thing. You were about to say something. Um, why do they keep talking about Peter transforming his body into organic steel? Because that's what he does. But why organic steel? Like, is there any other kind of steel? I think... Is it steel that they get from Whole Foods? No steel is organic. So... Organic in the sense that it is living. Okay. (laughs) I was going to wait for the totality of that pause. (laughs) Nobody can watch you, your beautiful face, and the brain behind it process that. (laughs) Your slow acceptance... Of that uh, was awesome. Okay, yes, he is organic steel because he's alive. Yes, the steel itself, the steel itself is alive. It is living metal. All right, because I was like, they keep saying that, and like, it feels a little, you know, it feels a little hipstery. It feels a little show off. No, (laughs) no, it's not like the little corner of the produce section where you pay double for the same bananas. Not the same. Sorry, that's me. Having, that's okay. No, no, no. Go ahead. Um, me having having a drink. Um, yeah, I'm having a drink too. I'm loaded. He's not. And I'm I've drinking, had my I'm seventh water. mai tai. I'm drinking water because I want you all to know, listeners, that I mowed the lawn today. Yeah, that's not a euphemism <laughs> for anything weird. I wasn't even going there. Okay. Um, uh, I want listeners to know that on other occasions, I mow the lawn as well. We we split household uh, tasks. Um, that's not even like a gendered thing. It's mostly because like we this. we hate mowing the lawn. Well, yeah, and this summer, I can't remember. It was it was four weeks ago I got you to mow it because I think it was like a Sunday morning. And I said, you know what? Just got, I just can't fucking do it today. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't have it in me. I will. I will. I will take a human life. It was actually because two weeks before that, you had said, I don't want to mow the lawn because you say that every time you have to mow the lawn and I get it. Because I never, ever, ever want to mow the lawn. Yeah, it's a drag. And uh, and then I said, do you want me to do it? And you said, yes. Oh, that's right. And then I said, no, I didn't really mean that. (laughs) So then two weeks later, I felt like I had to step up. Exactly. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, And you did. You did step up. And um, and how proud we are of all of that. Of me, yes. And now I'm having a drink of water because I'm still (laughs) sweating. Still sweating. Um, Uh, And this closet is not... (laughs) It's not climate control. The studio is not climate control. Yeah, the studio. Sorry, the studio. Studio is not climate control. Do you think we need to do more, like, analysis? Analysis of? Themes. Yes, I think that... I'm happy that you asked, because I did write... I did take some notes on that very topic. Did you? I did, yeah. I've got some notes um, about that thing that you just said, which was themes. Okay. Um, Man's inhumanity to man. Yeah. As embodied by the New York City Police Department. Okay. The NYCPD. <laughs> um, yeah, that that was uh, what were what were some of the thematic elements that you picked up on? Um, I've got I've got th- several others. If if you're you know if you're stumped, you know the 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 the, the things that we do for love, like uh, yeah, you know, um, fist fight, weird xenomorph type creatures. Even though we can't actually use our legs, I don't believe that we actually can't. You know don't need them in uh, in space. I mean, I feel like he was still at a disadvantage, what I'm saying. 
I don't know that we need to do a thematic breakdown. No? <laughs> Rather, if we do need to do it, like maybe we should prepare. No, I mean love. You know, they talk I mean, about like love. Like, okay, fair enough. Yeah, what's his yeah. name? You know, the like Xavier and Lalandra talk loads about, uh, you know, their love. Right. Love, love, love. Then he attacks that, that creature because of love. And then there's like the love thing of uh, what's his name? Scott's Scott's dad and, and how uh, traumatic, you know, losing his wife was right. for him in, in such a traumatic way. And he's still reliving that. And, uh, you know, love is important it's a many splendored thing yeah. um actually I'll, I'll 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 stop trying to be silly for just a moment um so i it's, i didn't i didn't get that loads in this issue i was more focused on them being in space which i love i mm-hmm. love when superheroes are in space um the the element of of what love will make us rather what love allows us to do uh my immediate kind of go-to for that is Infinity War, mm. which I, I think might be my favorite MCU movie. Mm-hmm. It's always between that and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I think maybe Infinity War, because like it, it, it nails everything. But Vision and Scarlet Witch, the, the emotionally resonant dynamic between mm-hmm. them just really sells that movie mm-hmm, for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, Vision is one of the few people who remain... Sorry, spoilers... If you haven't seen Endgame. <laughs> yeah, turn, turn this off. Yeah, because I'm sure there are people who listen to an obscure podcast about a comic book from the 1980s that have never seen Endgame. Uh, but it, Vision is one of the few people who remain dead. Yeah. His sacrifice is permanent. Right, yeah. As, as was uh, Black Widow's. Um, he, he does it for her. Right. I mean, for for humanity globally, but it is uh, the humanity that his love for her gave him that I, I think enables him to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I I didn't see it loads in this issue. I, I can see how you would. Yeah, it, it, it's like not the sort of topic that one would necessarily you know expect in a comic. You expect yeah. a little bit more uh, shoot 'em up. Very common though. Yeah, very common. Um, in the X Men, I mean, most famously. Death of Jean Grey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where she sort of sacrifices herself and everyone deals with the fallout from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and love as a motivational force uh, it happens a bunch the, on several different levels, like not just not just the romantic mm-hmm. um, uh, pairing, but uh, there's the camaraderie on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when they think that Colossus is dead, like we're going to avenge you, like right. we're we're upset <laughs> dead, dead about yeah. yeah yeah yeah. I mean that's maybe not a, not not a solid example, but it's a, one that you know, consistent with this issue, right? Yeah, um, but yeah the the person to person or or team uh, love is a big element in hero comics. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Yeah. I mean, I guess I. I I needed a theme on the spot, but it did seem like, you know, there were sort of some romantic, uh, romantic elements, you know, sort of romantic. Yeah, there are, um, definitely. What was I going to say? I had some other point to make. Oh, another one that uh, this is, this is not something that you will have heard of, but also in 1982, uh, Frank Miller kind of hit the peak of his run on Daredevil. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so, 
spoiler. Wait, you, you already know who the character Electra is. Yes. Yeah, from the from the TV show from uh, Daredevil and uh, Defenders. Yes. Yeah. So Frank Miller created this character of Electra mm-hmm. as a love interest for Matt Murdock, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like somebody from his past who has now become evil. Right. Evil is not the right word for it, but amoral, <laughs> 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 um, maybe. Uh, so she dies. She's killed. Right. And he is super traumatized right. by it because he's conflicted. Uh, the conflict is he he still has feelings for her. It is, uh, you know, it's like, it's like an ex-girlfriend, right. like 15 he years. keeps going back to her. No, 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 no. Not yeah. like that. But, well, maybe an element of that. But it's like something that he had thought was was no longer part of his present. And, and he's reconciling uh, kind of the path not taken. You know, had he been able to... So when Electra is established... It's like they were super in love, mm-hmm. Daredevil, and I know that we're talking about Daredevil now. <laughs> me, me, soliloquizing. We're gonna talk about comics. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just want to kind of like like hammer home just how significant this is, and how the relationship between the two of them is the crux of uh, the conflict that they that they felt, but also his inner conflict because when he when she returns, there's like uh, all right, fine. There's the romantic element, but there's also the fact that for the past X number of years. He has been dedicating his life to ridding this part of Manhattan of crime and also working as an attorney. And he thinks, you know what? I could have given it all up. Right. I I could have been married to this fantastic woman and we both would have had a quiet life and we're right, happy. Right, 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 right. And what the comic really brings home is that he carries that weight with him. Mm-hmm. All the time. Yeah, interesting. And and it's for me that's just a. And I've had this conversation with you before. Mm-hmm. That's part of the thing about comics that's just really really heavy is that it, it's beyond the simple. I must do the right thing because it is right. Right. I must do the right thing, and here's what it cost me. Right. Right. That there's a cost to it. Yeah. But the cost remains something that these people are willing to pay, and that's right. why there are these. That's why there are these aspirational. Uh, characters, right. not because like well they always know what to do and they do it, right? Or because but, they're really strong. But or, like yeah. they, they work at it. Yeah, they earn yeah, they it. They give stuff up. Yeah, <laughs> right. They do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I think thematically we went from love to something else. Yeah, but, <laughs> really, in that sense, I mean, it, it, for for Daredevil, it is how the denial of this human emotion for shapes a lot of his, uh, a lot of his worldview. Right. Right. Interesting. I wish the second season of Daredevil had been uh, as good. Yeah, I started watching season three, and I didn't. I didn't finish it for no good reason at all. Hmm. Did you ever see season two of Luke Cage? I don't. Because I watched know. it a bunch. Like I was traveling for work, and I think that's how I saw most of it. I don't know. I'm not sure. Because like I, I couldn't find anything to watch, and so I watched that without you. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad about that. Okay. S- second season of Luke Cage was better than the first. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I thought it was really fantastic. Um, what are some other comics we can talk about? <laughs> let, 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 let me try to redirect if I can. Um, although you were about to say something, I don't. I was I was about to talk about Jessica Jones, but carry on. Talk about Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. 
also didn't see the second season. Yeah, we need but, to. Uh, uh, if you get haven't that seen right. the first season of Jessica Jones, it has the scariest baddie that I've ever seen on TV, ever. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I found him really terrifying. That character. Huh. Yeah. Well, terrifying because of his uh, kind of narcissism, his amorality, or the the uh, or, or the power that he had. The combination of those two okay. things. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the ability to do something. Yeah, and just absolutely there's just so misdirected. Yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. the yeah to what he's to what he's doing to or making people do, <laughs> creepy. Yeah. Um. So. Oh, the question, yes. like, like this issue. What did you think? So I I like this one. I think this is the longest arc that we have. This is the third episode, the third issue, yeah. right, of this right. storyline, and up until now we'd only ever had two. Right. Two issue ones. Um, so that's kind of neat to, yeah, talking at the microphone. <laughs> You're doing everything but. <laughs> or like, take a camera of you looking everywhere other than the microphone. <laughs> or me. Just look at me. I do like looking at you. Yeah, so you um, said. Yeah, so that's been interesting to have, like, a longer, um, right. you know, a longer storyline, something that's a little bit more in-depth. Um, I like this one. I didn't. I didn't yeah. dislike it. You know, it was a lot of like I trying to figure it. out where everybody yeah. was. Right. Um, and I'm curious. And now, you nailed it. I guess. You, I mean, <laughs> a I, different times. I I I I want to do this not all that often because it, it sounds, I'm sure, really patronizingly like, oh, look, you're a really effective nerd. <laughs> but but yeah, you are. You're a really effective nerd. It took me a long time to figure out where everybody. A long time. I read this through once and yeah. then one evening, and I started writing the summary, and then I fell asleep or started to get sleepy, which happens to me at about eight. 30 yeah um and so i then realized when i picked it up the next day to look at it again i realized that i had no idea where <laughs> anybody yeah. was you yeah. know like there were different people here eh, whatever um not that complicated but you know it was complicated enough that i had to right. go back and figure out where everybody was and uh, you all got to take that journey with me and and and, and what a sweet <laughs> sweet ride it was um in terms of uh if you will arkiness yeah <laughs> Uh, or not even argue. Okay, yeah. This is, and we've so we've got one more. We know that we've got at least yes, one, one more. more. Yep. Um, and I remember I can't remember which, whatever. I, I know that there's like sort of three, four interstitial uh, kind of episodes of um, issues rather coming up. This we're starting to get a thing where uh, the story the story is going to be a little bit longer, and to some extent. Some of them will bleed into the other, okay. into each other, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yeah, um, I, I'm enjoying this. Like it was like two issues ago, uh, where the first appearance of Corsair, like neither one of us uh, really liked that. Um, I'm really enjoying this, and and I have a kind of a little dramatic irony because this is all setting me up for right your favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my favorite X Men. Well, second favorite, I guess. You know, after uh, Dark Phoenix, but second favorite X Men arc. Uh, where we're going to see a lot more of the brood. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, but I, I, I you know, Claremont famously said, like, I just thought of it as this one long, seventeen-year-long story. Right. But, but this with with the Star Jammers and the Shiar and the brood already appearing, it's like, okay, we got like a, we got like a fifteen-issue arc. All right. Okay. Well, that's exciting. I, yeah. I mean, it, we don't because it's like, like, there's about I think four or so interstitial um, issues, but it is like you can think of. The whole brood saga is starting a couple of issues ago and ending a long time. Now, as a kid, if it's like 12 issues, that's a year of my life. That's a year of comics, yeah. That's a year of me being 10. No. 
And that immersive yeah. <laughs> experience is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. We're, we're getting it kind of condensed, to, you, yeah. you telescoped, yeah. but uh, that was really cool. And I'm talking, I'm rambling. No, How do you fine. put up with this? And so I, one question I wrote down, and I probably should know the answer to this already, yeah. uh, was Lalandra responsible for the death of Jean Grey? And if so, why do we like her so much? Now, I'm sure you've explained this all to me before, yeah. but so, uh, for the benefit of our listeners... <laughs> Again, if they're listening to this, they already know. Um, if they've ever read the X-Men, they've read the Dark Phoenix saga. Mm-hmm. Uh, is she responsible? Yes. Because that's what Deathbird says to Storm when they're fighting. Yeah. You know, why are you defending her? Da, 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 yeah. Da. Good question. And people will come back to, I, I think, another example of the surprisingly emo- surprising emotional complexity yeah. of these relationships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, Obviously, we're going into kind of fantastical places right. with this. Um, you know, nobody in their real lives has conflict of emotion due to the fact, well, like, okay, there's this society that, you know, we get on pretty well. And my professor is uh, a parent, you know, the boyfriend of this person who kind of killed my friend. But, you know, she kind of had to die anyway. <laughs> right. uh, or you could almost, I mean, if you wanted to to make it realistic, you could you could sort of think of Jean Grey like like she was a drug addict. Okay. Uh, very destructive to herself and others. Okay. And Lalandra staged an intervention, <laughs> which, which had in comic the, land. It, yeah, a lot staged like an intervention, and um, I think i got to go back and look at the actual panel, and I think, I think it may be a debatable point, but Jean Grey killed herself. She oh, sacrificed okay. herself. Okay. Okay. Um, now, Lilandra and the Shi'ar created the conditions right. for for her to kind of reach that that breaking mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and why are they still friends? Like I said last time, you know, they're frenemies. Right. It's complicated. Right. Yeah, as, as in maybe not spacey issues in real life, but as yeah. in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of like that uh, uh, real-life analog, <laughs> but uh, th- th- that's how you see it played out. I mean, if you remove the if you remove the fantastical elements, that that emotional conflict is something that that resonates, which mm-hmm. is why comics work. Mm-hmm. If people did things for no good reason whatsoever, right. if Deathbird, first of all, like like if Deathbird said that, and then Storm said, "Well, yeah, but I got over that." Or something, right. <laughs> or something just just very very light. Or it, 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 Claremont is smart enough to know that Storm gets it. Right, she gets that her friend, her very very close friend, was not herself right. and was not in control of her own actions, and she was super destructive. Yeah, and that despite the best efforts, they couldn't save so, her. Yeah, couldn't help anyway, her. So 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 like the. Put differently, the sci-fi is fake. The emotions, the emotions are, are the emotions are yeah. real. Yeah, they 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 work. Yeah, I agree. I think that they have most. That's why I like the ones that have a little bit more of like the human right. Scott working stuff out with his dad, or them talking yeah. about love or whatever else. Because yeah. uh, the you know the firefight in New York that feels. Yeah, well, that issue is like yeah, even even the, even the emotion is fake. Even yeah. the emotional beats in that issue were yeah. like. After we fight these aliens, you and I are going to have a talking to, Dad. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, and and look, I'll say that uh, the way that characters maybe express their emotions is, although it works and it's eloquent a lot of the time, sometimes not like super polished. Right. 
Yeah, well, they have yeah. limited sort of space. With, and, with and, respect and love to Mr. Claremont, who yes. <laughs> has given me so much joy and happiness. Deadlines yeah. and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I don't, that's all I have. I don't know if you have other notes. I've spoken too much. I feel like, uh, I don't know. Am I giving you enough of a platform, enough so. of a voice? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think on the weeks that I do the... The, um, the recap that takes it out of you? Yeah, the weeks that I do the recap, <laughs> that's like once I'm done with the recap, I've yeah. d- like on, on the off weeks, I tend to like ask more questions or have yeah. more questions or write down more sort of random observations. But when I do the recap, it's all sort of there. It's all tunnel vision. Okay. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Um, well, let me ask you a question. Okay. I'm putting you on the spot here because yeah. you've not prepared for this. And I'm not even going to joke about it and pretend that it's a, a you know, fan mail or anything. Like <laughs> um, do you have a favorite character yet? Oh, that's a good question. Um, my favorite, I hadn't really actually thought about that, but having been asked the question. Right. Uh, my favorite character is Storm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the right answer? There is, is that no, your favorite character. Well, so so I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Um, I don't know if I would have felt that way as a child, but like as a grown uh, person, I th- definitely. Yeah. I think as a kid, um, Storm was a character that uh, I, I I maybe had difficulty relating to or understanding. Right. Um, and probably not for the obvious reasons, like race and gender being right. no, I being the only point. That those were, but yeah. um, Storm has—I don't want to say a kind of a coldness uh, to her, but but she she keeps people sort of at a distance, right? I think, and and maybe as a kid, that was she, she's not like sunniness and light. No, she's a she's yeah. a complex character. She thinks about things, and she right. often feels uncertain of herself, right? Um, Which is now like like I I I can't get enough. Right. Of, I, I mean, <laughs> it, it, adult, now yeah. it's like fantastic. Holy shit! It's like a grown up that actually doesn't know what they're doing. I thought they all like she's a superhero. Right. She doesn't really know what she's doing. Yeah, and 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 she has this really uh, tremendous strength that I think is demonstrated very well, and her kind of detachment from the people around her. Again, emotional resonance. Yeah. Um, she is she. What's the word? She's like I, I think I think that I think that scares her a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you know, Cause she she's been she's grown up largely alone. Right. Yeah, and so that's hard. So, so I, I I love Storm. Um, also, early eighties, just fabulous outfits. Yeah, she always has really good clothes. <laughs> yeah, she's the best dressed yeah. uh, uh, ex person. Um, uh, least well dressed Wolverine. <laughs> Sorry, you know. I mean, all the man's costumes kind of look the same to me. They're all like yeah, tights yeah. and like that weird cod piece thing. And uh, oh, I'm I'm thinking about like the civilian clothes. Oh, the civilian clothes. Yeah, yeah. Wolverine. Wolverine. Civilian like he's got he's got like, bolo ties. Yeah, he got dressed in the 70s. He was like, like already uh, outdated in the 80s. Yeah, like 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 a three piece suit made out of uh, rawhide. <laughs> it's just it doesn't look good. Yeah, no. I do, agree do, do you have a least favorite character yet? Least favorite character. Other than Professor X, <laughs> don't love like, like sometimes I don't like Cyclops. I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. like he's yeah. kind of pushy. I don't know, not even pushy. Like he's just um, yeah. You know, if a man did that, everybody would be fine with it. A man can be pushy. He is a man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know. I somehow don't have like don't feel as much of a connection with him. Yeah. As I yeah. do with some of the other. Uh, and weirdly, I, I think when I was a kid, Cyclops is one that I related to a little bit. Yeah. Um, and he might have been my favorite character at that time. Mm-hmm. Now I could kind of take him and leave him. He seems a little dickish, a little toxic, he... toxic male. No, no, that's not fair. He's not. He's not toxic male. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, I can't come up with a better... I, I think I might know what you mean. I, I'll push back on that a little yeah. bit. He's not arrogant. No, I don't I, I mean, know. He, he lacks... I don't know that he is. I don't know. Uh, to me, which I've is, I, I lot, think, a sort a of a necessary... Yeah, have, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, thank you. Um, no, seriously. I mean, I only yeah, have... Unearned confidence is... I just want to get this out there. Unearned confidence is, I think, um, a necessary, possibly sufficient condition for toxic masculinity. Uh, and it's, it's my least favorite aspect of that your least favorite kind of masculinity no 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 Th- that element of, of toxic masculinity the, the, you the unearned yeah, confidence uh i hate that yeah yeah i hate that shit anyway toxic masculinity sucks um i'm not saying that i'm immune to exhibiting it um, i don't <laughs> but, know yeah I don't see a lot of that around here thank you yep cool that's uh, my favorite um least favorite character uh, so yours was uh, cyclops um, as a kid, I didn't like Wolverine or Kitty Pride. Hmm. Um, I thought that they got like all the attention, and that really bothered me. Least favorite character now? Well, probably you know, Professor X. I'll just say yeah, that, Professor X is just a, a sort of sociopath. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like Wolverine and Kitty Pride. I like Kitty I, Pride a lot because she, you know, she could yeah. be my kid. Yeah, I do yeah. now. Yeah. yeah I, I, I'm. I find myself really uh, enjoying her, especially. Yeah. 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 She's sort of like the the seeing them through the eyes of like an actual child right she, yeah. she is uh in a lot of ways the audience surrogate right right yeah and i think as a kid i think i don't want to say that i was like super sophisticated at 10 i wouldn't have been able to phrase it this way i think i think i recognized that and i and i felt that like it was a little bit pandering yeah to you as a 10 year old <laughs> yeah 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 like oh hey like i'm you, supposed to yeah yeah she was like the cousin oliver that like uh <laughs> you know the mop that we're all supposed to I'm like oh, come on man yeah, yeah, cyclops yeah. like i want to yeah i want i want to i want to read about adults yeah yeah but uh, now now right, it's now different it's an adult but, right yeah. it's very sweet to see it through her eyes through the eyes of a child also i just like the character she, yeah. she's uh she's flawed by uh, trying and she's aware of her own inexperience. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of the opposite of toxic masculinity, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which makes her really endearing. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, Absolutely. yeah. All right. I got nothing else. I'm, I've got nothing else either. It was a good issue. Can't wait to see what happens next. Will the earth be destroyed? Is my depression... Or was the Earth destroyed? Was the Earth destroyed? Is my depression all for nothing? We'll find out. Uh, This is all a dream we dreamed one (laughs) afternoon long ago. (sighs) Thank you for listening to The X-Men Files. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. If you listen, please rate us. If you want to drop us a note, you can reach us via email at cerebro at xmenfiles.com. You can also check out our website, xmenfiles.com. Our theme music is Invasion to Space Frog by Checky Brown. That music available under a Creative Commons license. Everything else was written, produced, and performed by Brian and Inessa. <laughs>